Good evening, Facebook, YouTube, and Periscope. Um, and this is Less Talk on a Friday night. And we have another one of our illustrious guests, uh, Sienna Buco, who is running for <laughs> Board of Education candidate for Union, New Jersey, the hometown. And um, we're here tonight to hear um, a young, uh, one of the people who I would consider our 18 to 34 demographic who a lot of times as elders, we don't listen to. And this young lady has uh, decided to run for Board of Education. And this is this should be very intriguing. I'm very intrigued to interview her. Uh, she's gonna try to bring, if elected to the Board of Education, a breath of fresh air. Good evening, Sienna. Hello. Hi, everyone. <laughs> How's everything? Everything is good. Super busy with college and campaigning, but it's really all worth it. So busy is good. So if you don't mind, tell us um, some background about yourself, where you grew up, where you go to school. Cool. So I am a lifetime union resident. I grew up here. I went through all of the public schools. I'm currently a junior in college at Brandeis University, um, which is up in Boston, Massachusetts. Uh, and well, outside of Boston, it's a suburb, but everyone knows Boston. So that's where we say it's from. Um, yeah, and that's my educational background. My whole heart is in Union. My family is still in Union. And I just really want to give back to the community where I grew up. And honestly, I'm still growing here. Well, but we didn't talk about this behind the scenes. Kwame or Burnett? I went to Kwame. Oh, smart, smart young lady. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us a little bit about your college. You had, you had mentioned something about it um, before we came on air, and I thought it was very interesting, the words that you used when you explained the makeup of your college. Yeah, so I go to Brandeis, which is um, a predominantly Jewish school. It was founded to be like a safe haven after World War II for uh, Jewish students to go. So there's like a really big diversity of thought there because it's more of like a culturally based type of university. And so like politically, religiously, you have things all over the spectrum, which is really nice to be a part of and witness, especially when I'm coming from outside of that culture. Um, and it's also like a really good competitive college. Uh, one of the reasons that I picked there is a book I read actually in union schools. Um, it's called Tuesdays with Maury. It's a, a awesome book about a professor who is dying of ALS and conversations they had there. Well, that professor ran the sociology department at Brandeis and the author was his student and I wanted to have a relationship like that. So that is one of the reasons I applied there. Yeah, one of one of you got some very illustrious uh, alumni. Like I said, Thomas Friedman, Deborah Messing, Jeffrey Laurie, Angela Davis. You have uh, a, a, a yeah, a very interesting alumni that went there. And um, like you said, diversity in thought. What made you decide? Like you know, I just graduated from high school a couple years ago. I'm in college. Um, let me throw my hat in the ring of running for Board of Education. Yeah, so I've been going to Board of Ed meetings since I was a senior in high school. Um, so the past two and a half years, roughly. And kids weren't in the conversation, you know? Like I was a student, I was coming at different issues from the perspective of someone 
on the receiving end of policies. So like a specific example is uh, when we were having difficulty with librarians, right? A couple of librarians had retired. Um, some had received RFPs and gotten jobs other places. And so we went from, I think it may have been like nine librarians in districts to, to five and then spreading them out through everything. And I talked about Battle of the Books from um, Kwame and how that like felt like leveling the playing fields because we were competing against private schools. And people were looking at me like, oh, this is interesting because there was a lot of teachers to say, this is why libraries are important. But from a student's perspective, like I can tell you concretely, like this is why this matters at a board of ed meeting. And then now with everything going on, I think it's so important to have a young person's voice and like understand that there are students on the other side of these policy decisions. And I just, it's not enough to sit back, uh, say a couple things during the public comments and like, cross my fingers and hope something changes. I wanted to be an active part of the changes that I want to see because, you know, complaining is not enough. You, you, you brought up something and I, and I noticed um, you're, you're, you must be an avid reader. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, interesting. Books are, books are <laughs> um, I'm a little nerdy, you know, like I, I think that books have like such a wealth of knowledge. They can take you out of the places that you're in. Right. We talked about how much I love union, but you can open a book and go anywhere, you know. And so when we think about equity in our district, which is a really important thing that people are talking about now, like libraries are sources of equity because everyone has access to the information there. So we need to make sure that the information in the libraries represents everyone, you know, and you can pick and choose where to read. So like, yeah, and, and that comes from Battle of the Books. I never thought of myself as like an avid reader, but the librarian was like, you know, you should come. It's a fun place to be. And, you know, sixth grader who doesn't know what they're doing is like, sure. And then I stuck with it for my three years there. And it was one of the best experiences that I had. I'm th I'm thinking I'm thinking you're I did a lot of homework on you you must have did some homework on me because I'm an avid reader myself. Um, I went to Kwame when I was in school. I didn't uh I didn't read as much in school as you may have, but I read a lot now and I I actually always have a book with me or something to read. Okay, let's get to some of the meat and potatoes of this uh BOA. So you said you would watch and you felt as though that the kids were never the topic or the priority. Explain that. Um, I think that there are ways that people think about policy for when you're so removed, right? So the makeup of the Board of Ed are people who are much older, who haven't experienced education in the way that I have, right, recently. Um, testing online, taking classes online. Like, these are things that I'm doing, and they're talking about it. I think that when people do focus on the students, a lot of times it's theoretical. Like how might this policy impact the student? And it's a task of the imagination, right? So I have to imagine how this impacts the student. For me, I know, right? It's like a lived experience. I think that um, a lot of times uh, other things get in the way, right? When, um, we're talking about budget, right? We're, we're focused so hard on the numbers that we forget what the implications are for the students, right? When we talk about um, public comments and like like reducing the amount of time in public comments is something that happened, right? I went to one board meeting while I was in high school where there was 
a hundred kids about speaking at the public comments. And when you think about how our mission statement talks about students becoming global citizens, and then you think about the ideology behind limiting the time of public comments, that also means that students who wanna come voice their concerns have their time cut short, you know? Um, I think that like we just have to be a part of the conversation and we're not. And sometimes it's just frame of reference, right? When you're thinking about numbers, you're thinking about numbers and you're thinking about numbers, but there's implications for lives of students there. Um, and so I think that just from being who I am, which is cheesy, but like being a student right now, my focus is always gonna be on them, you know, what's best for them. And also I hope that part of my running is gonna get younger people to talk at meetings I think I'll be a little less intimidating. If someone comes in and has a problem, they might stare at me the whole meeting, you know? Um, and also like in new business, I wanna bring up what students are doing. There was a board member previously who used to say like, the football team won, the field hockey team won, this student won a speech contest and he would name it and bring it up in board minutes. And I wanna do that. That's been lacking since he left the board. And I've asked for it a couple of times because you know, sometimes in the, the meet, of the meeting, there isn't time to really discuss students, but there's always time to do business to say these are what our kids are doing and we should be proud. Uh, yeah. You're, you're definitely nailing it right now. <laughs> so so let me ask you, um, we discussed, and I know that you saw yesterday's uh, chat, I saw you in the chat, um, the infighting that, goes, that takes place on, in in the in the board of education, if if you're elected, how would you try to resolve the infighting? Would you pick a side? No. Would you I join have, in, or how have, would you resolve it? I have a side. Okay, this is what I say to people who ask me. I have a side, and my side is the students. Right, my side is the kid. I will always be fighting for the kids and students who need a voice there. And so, picking a side doesn't do anything. For the kids, people need to work together. It wouldn't matter if there was so much animosity if things were getting done, right? If there were not um, detrimental things happening from the discourse in the meetings, right? None of that would matter if we were continuing to move the district forward with the infighting. Um, personally, I am a, I'm gonna work with everyone because my mission is higher than self. My personal beliefs are removed from everything I do. Whenever I talked in public comments before, I would point at things that I thought were wrong, and then I would point out ways that I thought would alleviate it, but I never placed blame, right? When I addressed things, it was the whole board, right? Responsible for decisions. When I talked to the superintendent, I talked to him because he's the leader of the whole district. Um, but yeah, like my side is the students. I'm gonna do what I have to do to make sure the students are fairly represented and that their interests um, are being communicated effectively and and that we're doing things concrete things for them so I don't I'm I don't need to put the side you know I I know that I'm gonna need to work together I think that my open-mindedness and my communication skills will help with that because like there are things that I, I want to accomplish and everyone when I when I organize a community for something, I'm not stopping because I know this person doesn't agree with this part of my ideology. I'm going to talk to them about the things that I know matter to them, and then have them, you know, help me out in the ways that I know. You know, um, I organized two marches here, and I didn't do that by only talking to people who agree with me. You know, 
you can't function by only talking to people who agree with you because you're cutting off, you know, your nose to spite your face. Like it doesn't work that way. Yeah, it's it's easy it's easy to uh, accomplish something when everybody agrees with you. The task comes when people don't agree with you, and you still got to get them to uh, to work with you. One of the, one of the things that you brought up was the superintendent. If you're elected, Sienna, that responsibility yeah. of picking a superintendent and his or her assistant will shape the board of education possibly for the next ten to fifteen years. Are you ready for that responsibility? Yeah, of course I'm ready. Like I, I think that there's things I need to learn. So saying that I'm ready doesn't mean that I know all of the things that I need to do. Does that make sense? So like yes. I will go to all of the trainings, right? Like the NJSBA does trainings. Um, I will find out all the information that I need to know. Like uh, we talked about how I'm an avid reader. I'm gonna do the work. Um, and also when we're figuring out the process of like picking a superintendent, interviewing, like I'm going to be asking questions that are not necessarily something that other people would think about because I'm coming from the perspective of a student. Um, for example, like, and I'm not afraid. I think that some people are shocked when I say like, oh, you're 20. Are you afraid to talk to all these different types of people? No. But like, if there's anyone here who is watching, who was a teacher at um, C5 when I was there, I emailed our superintendent because I thought that, um, the monster outline was the thing. I thought that that was holding me back as a student. I had other students sign this petition. <laughs> and then I, I talked to the superintendent about it. And uh, the principal at the time took that email and shared it to all of the teachers there. So like, I am not afraid. Uh, one, of, one of the things, um, Sienna, that a lot of people don't know about the district is years ago, you you were the parents were very personal with the superintendent. If it was an issue in school that couldn't be dealt with, the parent actually could go to the Board of Education and talk to the uh, superintendent if he had the time. And a lot of the superintendents um, made time. I've, I'm aware of what people tell me. Um, lately, it's not that type of thing where you could just drop in and pay the superintendent a visit. What would, if, if, if what type of superintendent would you like, um, if you were a parent, if you were still in school, um, as a as a, if you get elected as a board of education, what would be some of the qualifications and expectations you would expect from a superintendent? So, firstly, right, I, communication in our district is something that is a big issue for everyone, right? So, I need a strong communicator. I need someone who's not afraid to be wrong, right? It's okay to be wrong, and it's okay to own it and learn from experiences, that's fine. Like, we can't do this, like, waiting to see how things play out. I want someone who's willing to take action, even if they're divisive, you know? We can work. I don't, I don't know if you can still hear me. Um, it's, a little, it's a little messed up, but you're good. Okay, yeah, so communication is key. I also want someone who understands the diversity of our district, right? So like, we cannot have someone, we talked a little bit about um, how moving to college has been difficult for some of the students who are my friends because we move into places that are a lot less diverse than Union. So we would need a superintendent who understands that there are very specific um, positives and, and struggles that happen with a district like ours. 
Um, and so like, those are the main two things. And I, I really do think that um, like communication is the biggest one, right? Because like, as a board member, the only person you are able to really have an open dialogue with, like the only person who is within your purview is the superintendent. And if we don't have someone who's willing to strongly communicate, we're gonna be in the dark, you know? Um, and also like, I have to do more research about technicalities and, and what makes the strongest candidate. But like, those things are things we can work in the process. But from like a personal standpoint, I want someone understanding the diversity who is willing to listen to students, right? So like one of the reasons that I care about this is because I want students to be heard. So I wanna know how they're gonna address students who come to them directly. Right. Like, how are you going to make time and space to listen to what your students need? Um, I'm going to show you. I'm going to show you something somebody just said in the chat. OK. okay. That's awesome. I know. I know that person. That's a life. That's a lifetime uh, resident union. Um, <laughs> uh, she raised her son in union. So she's fully invested in union. And she says you have her vote. That's amazing. I'm so humbled. I'm grateful. Thank you. Because <laughs> I need everyone. We have to do this together. <laughs> so let me let me ask you. Um, wow. I mean, you, 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 oh man, you just blew me away with something you said. Uh, one, one of the things like you, you discussed is to have that relationship um, with BOE, with the students and things. Do you think that maybe um, the high school students can have like a, uh, I don't know, maybe like a subcommittee that would work with Board of Education? What do you think about that? Yeah, so um, I think it might have been like a year and a half ago, they put together a committee of students who could talk to Board of Ed members, right? I don't know what the process looked like to pick those students. That was one of the questions because I was in that work session meeting while they were deciding that they were gonna vote on having a, a student committee to the board. It was, I think, one student from each grade. Um, and like one of the, like I remember vividly, like one of the things was the, the application deadline was before the next meeting. And I was like, if you want students who care, they should be able to come to a meeting, so you should push that back. And I think that was a suggestion that was well taken. Um, I think that we have to think carefully about the types of students we select for those positions, right? I was discussing this with someone else, right? The the application I think was an essay about why you have to do it. And like, that's important, but you have to understand that uh, kids in high school, resume building for college is really important. So it might not be that they're actually invested in the issues, but I, they know that this looks good, right? There's a lot of that that happens because well-rounded child, there's a lot of pressure on college. So we can't only be willing to talk to students who are, going the extra step for probably for a good college resume, which is fine. We have to be able to talk to different types of students, students who are struggling, students who we don't have. So I would like to revisit that. Um, I don't know what happened with that currently, but I also want to really be careful and um, intentional about the selection process because it shouldn't just be like the kids who are willing to write an essay. It mm. should be other types of children who have different needs. So like, athletic students who might have a crazy schedule and might not be able to sit on a meeting for whatever like talking to them the the music and art kids talking to them making sure that whoever is representing the students is actually representative of the students in our building 
Does that make sense? Absolutely. How would how would you, if you're elected, how would you deal with the um, special needs? Yeah. So I um, have a lot to learn with the legality and technicality of IEPs and 504s, right? There's not going to be any like lies for me about I know these things. I do know and have experience working with a child who has special needs. I was a nanny for like six or seven months full day with a child with nonverbal autism who was around seven and his older sister who is nine. And we were there the whole day together, right? And I know that um, the people who work with children with special needs are um, like have the best heart, right? It takes so much care, right? I also think that what's happening right now in our district is something that's unprecedented, right? Like COVID-19, and this pandemic has thrown everything out of the loop. So students with IEPs are really suffering right now. Um, I think that all else, like if we can't figure out a solution to stop the immediate like um, regression that's happening, cause it's happening with all of our students and especially our students with special needs, we need to be willing to communicate better, right? It can't be something where well, what are we supposed to do? Like, this is what the world is. No, it has to be something that we're in combination, um, communicating, making sure that like those parents feel heard, those students needs, if we can't meet them immediately, we're thinking, we're thinking about all the different creative solutions we can to make sure that they're cared for. Um, yeah, so like, that's how I feel. I, I, I don't know everything, but I will learn all the things. I will listen if you're a parent. With IEPs, tell me, tell me what I need to know. I will start looking it up right now, and like we're gonna get it done because I'm here to work. Now, now I'm gonna I'm gonna speak about something that's in your wheelhouse. This is something that you can give us that nobody else can give us. You have a unique experience of learning virtually, and you're a former. Um, student of Union High School, not learning virtually. So you see the dynamic of being a college student learning virtually. Um, do you do you think um, the schools are doing, I'm not gonna ask you, do you think the schools are doing a good enough job now? Because nobody knows, it's no perfect way to do it, so mm -hmm. to say. Um, what would you suggest if, um, if I came to you as a parent and I said, uh, my son, he's digressed since virtual learning, what would you suggest to me that I do to help my son out um, during this time of pandemic? Yeah. If I came so, to you. Yeah. So it is. Everything is challenging. Everyone is doing something different to address um, the current pandemic. I would say talk to the teachers, right? The teachers are the ones who are with your kid all the time on a screen, right? Figure out where your teacher is at. Maybe they need some support. Maybe maybe they, and I don't mean like, um, I don't know how to phrase that, but like maybe there are things that they're not getting from leadership or information that they don't know that you can help advocate for them, right? By going to board meetings, like specific things. I think that teachers are doing uh, the best job that they can right now. I think that planning and foresight was really important um, and that was something that could have been improved on while we were dealing with all of this. 
Um, so like if I was talking to a parent, I would say, talk to your kid and ask them what they need, right? Because your kid is struggling, maybe they're able to tell you why, right? So first and foremost, figure out what your kid needs, then talk to the teacher and see how they respond. Like, and hopefully that would be a good productive conversation. If it's not, there are always next steps. You can go up the chain of command or like, don't give up. My, my whole thing is like, don't give up. We have to be dynamic. We have to be flexible. And it's so hard, especially when you see a kid struggling, especially when you see your kid regressing and you know that they're not getting what you need. It's, it's like banging your head into the wall, right? I'm not going to say that it's not a really frustrating process, but if I was a parent, don't take no for an answer, you know? And that is a lot of energy and that shouldn't be on the parent. But if that was me, that's what I'd be doing, you know? Um, go yeah. ahead, go ahead, you done? You finish your thought. <laughs> well, like, yeah, so it's just like, and, and there needs to be more communication, right? Like uh, a board member cannot dictate how a school is run, right? That is not in our purview. But I do think we can set a, a culture from the top down of responsiveness, of communication, and like having that at the top leadership trickle, uh, trickles down is the wrong word, but like really does set a tone for how our district could look like. We can model that. Um, so as a board member, that is how I would try to, to help the situation. It's just like, listen, like I wanna know what's wrong, right? I wanna know what's right too, but like we can't do this if we don't talk to each other, you know? This is not a one of the one of the things that I noticed when um a couple years ago I had some family members that graduated from 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 the district the high school the middle school and um I was I was impressed that uh, it was a board member there at the graduation I thought that was you know different it was different because I'd never seen that even when I was in school so it is important that the board members like you said they can't dictate what goes on in a specific school but they could show up outside of the board meetings and really be active. I would like to just add on that. Um, and like, this is one of the things I talked about, about like bringing it up in new business. But as a, um, a high performing student, me and my friends felt very um, tokenized sometimes towards graduation, right? We were very much like, look at how great union is flashes pictures of valedictorian, flashes pictures of this kid who's doing this great thing, which is awesome, but it only happens close to graduation. You know, I mm. think kids need to feel important and valued throughout their whole career in union schools. I don't know what that looks like as a board member, other than talking to people in new minutes, uh, new business uh, and figuring out like ways to amplify student successes, but we can't wait until they're, graduating and going to college to give them a pat on the back. You know, they need to know that the job that they're doing as they're doing it is also important. One of the things that we, we discussed behind the, um... no, I'm not gonna get to that yet. <laughs> I you, you got me blown away. I don't even know what to ask you. Um, <laughs> you know. To read. You started with the reading thing. You kind of hit me with a knockout blow when you said you're an avid reader. Anybody that knows me knows I like to read, but you know, but that's a good thing. So if I lived in Union, why would I vote for you? I would hope that you would vote for me because I'm a fresh perspective. I would hope that you vote for me because I'm doing it for you. 
I'm listening, you know. Um, someone commented on one of my Facebook posts that I got their vote because I talked to their 12-year-old daughter. When I went up to them, I handed them a flyer. I turned to their daughter and I asked them what school she went to. I asked her like how she feels about everything and if she was okay, right? Because right now is insane for students. And like we have to remember to pause and like let them say if they're not okay, you know? And she said, you won my vote because my daughter felt special, right? And I want people to know that like I am in it for them right? I don't have any kids in the district. I want my kids to grow up here when I have them in 15 years, maybe. Um, and so like, I just want them to know that they're going to have someone who's going to work, work together and like, listen, you know, listening is so important. It is very underrated, but like above everything else, I have specific goals for my campaign. There are things that I want to do and transform for our schools, but like, I want to listen. That's my first objective. Yeah. Yeah. I know that I know that um I, I mentioned that yesterday when I was talking to some of the other candidates that a lot um the infighting the only people who are suffering in the infighting is the children. Um did you see the last Buyoe uh meeting? Yeah, so I was there. I made um a public comment. I kind of like tried to reel it back in uh, because I was frustrated. I don't know if it was very clearly communicated how frustrated I was watching that, but I brought it back to the kids because that was important. I talked about social emotional learning and mental health and something that our district is doing for our students, right? So uh, yes, I was at that meeting and I tried to refocus on the students. And then I asked the board members to be mindful of the way that they speak to each other because it matters. They talk a lot about social emotional learning and mindfulness and bringing in different programs to the district, which is great, we want that. But how can you bring it in on one hand and on the other hand, fight with each other tooth and nail over everything? You know, it's, it's like, there's some dissonance there that makes things very hard. One of, one of, one of the key words that you use in the beginning of the interview and I told you, you got me you got me really thinking about that diversity of thought. Um, and one of the things that I noticed lately in the last couple of years that I've kind of been watching is everybody's too busy saying a point and nobody's listening to each other. If, I mean, within the parameters of the the Board of Education member, Will you be willing to go the extra mile to really listen to the to each other, teach other members and value their opinion, even though you don't agree with it, value it, hear them out? Yeah, for sure. Like I, I've talked to a couple different board members in like different areas of my life. I'm a waitress at Chaffee's, so sometimes people come in to eat. We'll talk there. Um, you know, some members I've talked to because they've supported some of the initiatives I've done. But I think that like, how can I say no to that question? You know, like how can anyone who wants to do something say that they're unwilling to work with someone else? You know, you can't, bringing people together seems like an impossible task, but if anyone is up for an impossible task, it's me. I'm not naive in thinking that it's gonna be easy, but I know that what I want to do is like for something so much greater than myself that all of the animosity, all of the uncomfortable positions that I'm gonna have to put myself in to get people to work together, I'm willing to do, you know? 
Um, I hope that board members who are currently on the board see that when I when I speak in public comments. I never direct anything to one person. You know, I hope that they see that I care for something bigger than myself and that like I want to get the work done, you know. And like I just went to a, a training for the school boards association and they were talking about how one person doesn't do anything for a board. It has to be a majority of the board. So like you have to work together. You cannot do anything without building relationships, you know? Um, and that's something that I believe like outside of the Board of Ed, like you can't educate a student without building a relationship with them. So how could I change my philosophy now? You know, it's gonna be hard, right? I'm not <laughs> downplaying that at all, but it's worth it. Hard things are worth it if you if there's a reason. Until, until you get some grades, I guess, huh? Yeah. But I really listen, Sienna. I really, really appreciate um you joining. I mean, you you responded to me fast. I I, I inboxed you, and you were like, "Yes, I'm down." <laughs> you know, yeah. and um, like I told you, I I did a little bit of background on you, and basically, the person that told me was her energy is contagious. <laughs> so you know, um, one like I said in the beginning, one of the things, and I got to keep hitting it home is. The 18 to 34 demographic is not being heard. Yep. Um, and as an older older person of a man of a certain age, we need to we need to really listen to that area. And you're speaking directly from that demographic. Um, and um, we appreciate you. Those in the chat, I'm quite sure they're uh, very intrigued by your energy, very intrigued by your thought and what you want to do to the what you want to bring to the board if you're elected. Is there anything else you would like to add? I I hope that throughout all of this, you've seen my passion, right? Like I really care. When I think about um, running for the board, I think about like the individual student who doesn't have a parent who's gonna go to a board meeting and say things and fight for their kid. I'm thinking about the student who doesn't know how to ask for help from their teachers. Um, and like, those are the people that I have in mind when I'm running, you know, I, I want, we can't talk about educating like everyone if we don't think about the individual. And so like above everything, like I want you to know that like I, I care deeply on a level of the individual. And I think that like policy changes, right? So I have a couple specific policy things that we didn't touch on, but like there's a part that I wrote about uh, looking at discipline and reassessing our, our current modes of discipline. Um, and I get asked that a lot, right? Like, what, what do you mean by that, right? Because it's kind of vague language. But I, I don't know if you could stop a person on the street and ask them, like, do you think suspensions work? I feel like most people will be like, no, right? Like, That's interesting. Right? It's a common sense no. So when I'm thinking about policy-wise, how we can do different things, right? One of the things about a board member is you get to set goals for the district lessening punitive punishment and adding in restorative and transformative practices, right? I know that, that that's really wordy and heady, but like we have counselors in our schools, they could be doing the work, you know, they're overworked, but if we support them in a way, or we, we add additional training for teachers, there could be people doing the work. So like, I know that's a specific thing to end on and that is not normally where we end on, but it, it is about the individual and bringing that to the policy level. And like, because I am a student, you know, I'm always going to be focused on students' needs. And I cannot represent every student because I don't know what their experiences are, which is why I'm willing to listen, 
right? I want you to tell me what's going on so that I can help you. Yeah. <laughs> All I can say for anybody in the chat, um, this young lady just uh, knocked it out the park. Um, Thank she's you. A, she's a, honestly, she's a force to be reckoned with. And Union should be very proud that someone is willing to run um, like her. Like yeah. her age, her age, her demographic. Um, she's an she's an amazing person. I mean, I, honestly, she blew me away. Um, and this is this is because of our schools. I want <laughs> I like that. Like this is because my teachers believed in me. This is because my teachers were like, "No, Sienna, you're not allowed to give up here. No, you have to do these things and fight for something bigger." And because of the foundation I got in Union Schools. I'm able to do this, right? People are always like, you're so amazing. And I'm like, I'm amazing because of the people who who fought behind the scenes, like the people who you aren't around to see. Like, I'm amazing because of the teachers. I'm doing this because they gave me everything. And I want every kid to get all of the opportunities that I got because the teachers were so by my side. Yeah, you know? I have a, a, a bunch of classmates. I think three of my classmates are teachers in union. Um, one of my classmates uh, was your principal, um, so I, I'm aware of the people there. I'm a, I'm aware of it's no place like Union. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, we we've discussed that. It's just it's just different. I mean, we're very. I mean, we'll argue with amongst each other, but you better not mess with somebody from that town. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I really appreciate you joining me tonight, and um, you know. I'm quite sure that you're going to be on um, this platform again, hopefully, because you have a very, very bright future. And I feel confident in our future because of you. Thank and, you so much. I, I thank you a lot for coming onto the show. Um, I appreciate you. Um, I don't believe in luck, so I'm not going to say good luck. I'm going to say, that's all I'm going to say is smile, but. You know, I, uh, with that, everybody in the chat, thanks for joining. Um, you know, election, I'm quite sure you guys are getting those ballots in the mail as we speak. And uh, here she is. This is who she is. And this is what she's about. Thank you, everyone, and have a blessed night.